0: Welcome to the Growth Moves Podcast
1: with Rob Tyson. Welcome back, listener. I'm here today with Dave Plunkett. Dave is a partnership expert with 20 years experience working in the membership space, and he's a partnership director at Luminoma. And today, Dave is going to explain the top five mistakes Stopping you from running a perfect partner program for lead generation. And of course, we're going to talk about how to overcome those mistakes. But before we welcome Dave and get into it, if you're listening to this show, chances are good you have professional expertise that you would like to monetize. And you may be wondering how you can do that with an online business or some kind of online component that will break the time for money link. So if you're ready to turn your visibility into a scalable business that is going to actually work for you and your clients, then I have something for you. I'd like to invite you to my free web class. It's gonna explain why the ascension model or value ladder that you've probably heard about is actually a really bad approach for the majority of people in your position. And it's gonna tell you exactly what you should do right now instead, if you want to generate real cash flow quickly and actually get on the right track with monetizing your expertise with a program you can deliver 100% online that gets your clients great results and you can charge proper money for that is free all you need to do if you're interested is pop along to robtyson.net forward slash class for all the details that is robtyson.net forward slash class so with that all said i'm really happy to welcome dave plunkett dave how are you sir i'm good thanks i'm good thanks rob and you I'm pretty good. Yeah, we've finally got some sun here in the UK, so um, we get about two months a year of that. So, uh, <laughs> so we're uh, we're a week into that. Um, but um, let's talk about lead generation, Dave, and partnering with others. Um, what are some of the ways we we can we can do that?
0: Um, so, I think, um, actually, yeah, specifically in the lead gen space, because obviously partnerships I mean. Many different things to many different people, but um, it's really about looking at who else is speaking to your audience. Um, who else is already? Or who else is already mixing in the right place for you to be mixing, and finding out ways where there can be a mutually beneficial um, arrangement um, that adds value for all parties concerned. And I think that's the key. That's the key part is: is first of all, is who's speaking to your audience. Um, they don't have to be um, aligned in terms of what the business does. But if they're offering value to the same audience that you, that you are, then often there's a conversation to be, there's often, often a conversation to be had. Um, and that's, and from there, there's a few without wanting to go into kind of some of the mistakes people made. That's, that's your first starting point is is who's speaking to the people that, that I want to speak to. Um, and, I, and where can I add value to them?
1: And can a competitor be a partner?
0: Oh, great question! And absolutely yes, absolutely yes. We work, we live, we live in a relationship economy these days, and I think that's only moving more and more into that space. And a competitor can be your best best partner at times um, because um, you're not going to be exactly the same. Everyone has different things that they do particularly well, and your competitors could be getting could be getting inquiries that they're just not right to handle. So they could be providing you with the best leads and the best referrals and vice versa. Passing a lead across to what would be traditionally known as competitor because you can't handle it means that you can't well, you can't serve it in the best way possible. It actually maintains your relationship with whoever whoever kind of came to you for that service before. Now we're all grown up people you may be there may become a time where you are traditionally competing with that person for um for a piece of of work but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they can't also be a really valued ally um in between they 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 they're they're suffer. they suffer the same problems you do and so actually can be um can be a really really strong partnership yeah good question
1: yeah i agree i mean i think that um a lot of people get very nervous about this don't they but i think if your if your concern is that you know you have absolutely zero differentiation from someone who's a competitor, then you've got bigger problems than teaming up with someone. You know what I mean? It, you know you, you got, there are bigger issues there, you know you've got to have a bit of confidence in what you've got or you or you need to differentiate.
0: Absolutely and and if and if you're fine with that, but your concern is that the competitor might might steal, steal a client then again you've got bigger problems if you're if you're worried about the you need to be building more trust with your client. so I, I think you're absolutely right i can under uh it's not that i can't understand people's concern around it but i think people need to um, as you say have a bit more confidence in what they're doing and and get past that and really really open their minds to where um to where partnerships could could lie
1: yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I always remember um, uh, a colleague, uh, a guy called Tom Poland, um, explaining to me that, um, you know, say, say you and me had an audience, Dave, and we were, you know, we were kind of in the same line of work. And the reality when you study it is that perhaps, you know, maybe 5% of your audience is ever going to buy something from you. And that means that 95% of those people are never going to buy something from you and and, and for some of those people, that would just be a style thing. It's like they don't, you know, they don't like Rob's style, but they, they would like Dave's style. And you've and on the other side, you've got exactly the same problem, right? And so, um, teaming up and uh, you know working together can be a smart thing to do absolutely people buy from people and they always will do and so if you're the figurehead of the business you're
0: exactly you're, you're exactly right um you've got an audience that's the perfect that's the absolute perfect audience for one of your partners so if they're not going to buy from you you may as well get them buying from buying from someone you're, you're absolutely right absolutely
1: mm-hmm. and um how did you get into this area of partnerships in the first place dave
0: um well so you, you mentioned in my um in the intro about my experience in in membership so i kind of worked I, I ran a chamber of commerce and then ran my own membership organization um and then um for the last um for the last almost 10, 10 years have been um uh we well what we do now is we support other membership organizations in engaging with and adding value to their members and all of those um all of those kind of um, those businesses, and even before that, really, had been built on forming partnerships, um, and and proper partnerships, not just. Um, I come across the amount of um, organisations I've I've come across in my time, like normally larger ones where they have a partnership department, and it's just another word for their sales team, and there's no, there's no flexibility. But but so I'm talking about proper partnerships here. Um we had a whole portfolio of benefits that made up our membership proposition, all working in partnership with our with various benefit providers. Um, so I'd be the one kind of generating the leads for other people actually. Um, and even the business now supporting membership organizations, we have a package of benefits that are all provided. We work in partnership with the membership organizations and then we have a whole load of partners behind that to offer the support so it's just been an absolute, absolutely fundamental part of every business i've been in for as long as i as long as i can remember so so yeah and, and even back in, back in the early days when i was just doing kind of sales and account management um, i think i still always at that point looked as looked at, um always looked at sales as a service really and and if you can always look at if you can look at everything, every relationship you go into, and every communication, if you can look at it with a kind of a partnership angle in mind, and so you're looking for wins for everyone all around, then then that's a that's a strong it's a strong way to build a business that's going to last. Relationships will last, business will last. So it's just core. Cool. It's just absolutely core cool in everything I've done.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about these mistakes then. So these five big mistakes. Uh, that will get in our way if, if we're trying to develop partners for lead generation purposes what are the what are the big pitfalls that people okay, so, run into
0: okay so we've got sorry, Jim, so mentioned I've got five and they and I, I'm gonna run through them loosely in a kind of a time order that they potentially could occur so to um, so the first one um, is the values aren't aligned between the two? I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna talk about partnerships throughout as though it's two people, but obviously or two organisations, but obviously can be can be more into the mix as well. Um, but but the first one being the values aren't aligned. So let's let's kind of take for granted with these that the audience is right, the audience match up. Um, uh, and that the the products are a good fit and the commercials you've done the commercial terms or they'll we'll come on to that but um, but if the way if the way that you converse with a customer if your if your inherent values and what you and how you believe business should be done don't match up with the person you're partnering with then it's just it's doomed it's doomed to failure from um, and that can take a number of forms that, uh, that, 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 that are on a varying scale of catastrophe from um, from finding out quite quickly that it doesn't match up because maybe uh, the in communications isn't right or um, what's the partnerships off the ground, how much time or priority they give to it. Um, maybe uh, it's much worse if you've actually kicked a partnership off and it's running in you, you maybe you're providing leads to them, or or they're servicing leads that you've generated, and it becomes clear that the way that they that they treat customers isn't aligned with your with, with with yourself, and they're they're actually damaging your brand and your reputation. So, just it's it's kind of core cool to to any business relationship, but particularly one where there's a potential sharing of of customer bases. That is that the way the way your brand is going to be represented either directly or indirectly and your customers are going to be treated um you need to be have absolute confidence that um that it's going to match up with what you would want
1: yeah sure and i suppose one of the answers to this is is to do your due diligence you know do your research right i mean that's you know that's I suppose it should go without saying, but it doesn't. I, I think you know. It's uh, we need to do our homework on people. Um, Absolutely. As, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I and I've been guilty of it. So all of these, um, all of these examples. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've probably made some of them myself in the past. I've certainly been on the other end of them over over, over the last uh, over the last twenty years or so. Um, but, yeah, so first of all, it's research, and sometimes an opportunity comes up that just sounds so good that you jump on it and you kind of go, Well, oh, it seems legit. You do a very quick check and then you just crack on. It's, I'm sure we've all done it, particularly if, particularly maybe when times are harder and something and someone and an opportunity comes along to grow your business, then, then often you jump at it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's taking that time, it's, um, it's ideally meeting someone. Face to face is always best, I think, because you can immediately tell much more about a human when when you're sat opposite, when you're physically sat opposite them, and body language comes out, and everything's more relaxed. But at the very least, kind of jump on a video call with them, um, and so and so, yeah, it, it, it's that. It's looking at their looking at their social stuff, what they're doing, how are they conversing, all that sort of stuff. And um, there are no hard and fast rules here. Sometimes something can look right and feel right, and it's only when it gets going that it's not. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit of trial and error, and then as you develop this, you you learn to go with your gut instinct. Your gut your gut instinct is very, it's rarely wrong, and it's something I need to remind my. I I, I'm, I still remind myself of to this day. Um, it's probably happened in the last week where I've kind of gone. Oh, I knew I knew this was going to happen like this, and why don't I just trust my gut a little bit more? Um, yeah, one 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 way um, that is that can be um, a kind of a good way to not bypass, but but kind of a little bit more certainty about this is referrals. So if you're looking to if you're actively looking to expand your partner network and you know the type of businesses you want, asking people you already trust if there are people that they trust in that space they can refer you to. I mean that that's that's kind of a good way of that's, that's always a good starting point that takes a little bit more of the unknown out.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good tip, isn't it? Because um, as you say, it just increases the odds, doesn't it? That you're going to um, you're going to have a good uh, you know a good outcome with somebody, doesn't it? Because um, I guess suppose it's a way of uh, suppose it's a way of um, using your network to. I kind of check on people in a way you know so i suppose it's quite helpful yeah hadn't really hadn't really occurred to me that so much
0: yeah and it's an interesting one and i'll, I'll just very quickly kind of build on that because this is this is kind of the early stage part of it it's also a really good thing to do um when you're when you're out networking going to events if you if you find that sometimes a really good tactic when you go to events isn't to go looking for business go looking for partners it's it's such a softer approach when you're out networking. is to go and find people who can potentially become partners. And you can and you can reach it as a network. And um, I I would I would uh, encourage anyone who's kind of struggled to get really good results from networking, or, or even if you do, if you're already getting good results, this could up it to another level. Just just think about next time you're whether it's online or offline. Th- just think about how maybe you um, you go about doing that. It can be a, quite quite a cool tool
1: very good very good so that's the big mistake number 1 the values aren't aligned so talk to us about mistake number 2
0: okay so this is this is a, a sim, similar but a little bit more specific and um, again it relates to both when you're initially going out looking to build a partner network, but then, but then how you kind of develop that ongoing, and it's it's the reasons for the reasons aren't aligned. So, and more specifically, kind of the reason why, yeah, the reason why someone's edited into that partnership, um, and so the I'm going to give an example here of. Um, that I think kind of uh, expresses this really well is that I was speaking to someone recently around their setting up a. They're setting. they looking to set up a partner program, and they run a telemarketing agency, uh, a very strong telemarketing agency with brilliant ROI for their customers, and they're. Um, and so they're looking at building a referral networking uh, Where they may be able to pass leads back out the other way as well, and there'll be a commission scheme on the back end and everything else. Um, but they were looking. But they were looking at setting up an affiliate program, and affiliates and partnerships are. Uh, well, while well, you would argue an affiliate is is just a type of partnership, um, for a lot of people the connotation is very different, and an affiliate is kind of almost just a cash for leads type thing, and a partnership. A partnership is very different. And one of the people that they were looking to looked to was was seo and um search marketing companies because they are working with people who are looking to increase their inbound their inbound traffic Um, and this was this was in a group setting this was being discussed and so they thought that great these people will want to do this because they'll be able to pass these across and they'll get the commission on the back end and how do we structure this affiliate where it turned out the actual value was for the se for the search marketing company wasn't wasn't um, the actual revenue stream from from having the leads come in? It was from the fact that the telemarketers could enhance enhance their offering in terms of if the if, if the search marketing company are generating leads, but the company they're generating for isn't good at converting them, then then it does it then their service doesn't look as good because it's not actually generating revenue into the business. If by recommending a really good telemarketing company that was going to make the most of the leads, their leads all suddenly started converting, then overall they look they look like a much better organization. And so for them, the focus wasn't, yeah, I want paying for these leads. They they kind of they would rather that that that, that, that chunk of money actually went towards a better offer for the end user because they want more people using the telemarketing. And it was just a really weird dynamic that don't if you're if you're out actively looking for people to provide you leads just don't go looking for affiliates think about just think about um why someone might might want to work with you and even then don't presume it, it, it's about it's it's pres- in any what presuming is always dangerous but it's just it's just having that open-mindedness around these are the types of business I want to work with and then having a conversation about how you might work together. And I think that's it's a it's a bit of a wooly one that, but it's really around just don't pres- not, not presuming that it's a that it's always a direct monetary thing, and just going in with a much more open open mind.
1: And would it be would it be fair to say that the whole business of having affiliates market for you is perhaps something that you only develop when your model's quite mature because. You know, I I don't know. I I think I've had the experience of speaking to one or two people and they've got this idea in their head that, oh, well, you know, the way I will get new clients is I will I will just get this army of affiliates and it's going to be brilliant. I'm going to have hundreds of people um, just, you know, flooding me with new business all the time. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I think. You know, I think that can be realistic when you've got a good model and you've developed it over time. But you know, that kind of stuff—I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I completely agree. When you've got an established brand and you've got a, you've got case study and social proof, and and as you say, a, a known and proven conversion model, it's great. But yeah, I had, I, I, yeah, the amount of times you spoke to me, so like, oh, what's your route to market? Then what's what's your, what's this what's the sales kind of strategy? And it's like oh right yeah we're just going to get loads of affiliates so they're going to sell it and the conversion is going to be this and we're going to be turning over a million within a year all based on people that they haven't met before who's uh, and a product that's not been proven i think you're yeah you're completely right it's um yeah it needs it, it needs more than that it needs more than that particularly in the in the early days of a of a, of a product or a service because there's a lot of um there's a lot of testing and measuring and honing the response, honing the offer, and you're not going to get that from an affiliate. But uh, uh, people who are affiliate marketers are looking for ready-made stuff that they can just slap on a newsletter or whatever and market out and make and make their quick bucks. It's a low-touch relationship, and I think that's a difference between affiliates and partnerships. Is partnerships are exactly that. It's it's working together for the benefit of both people to see where it to to see where it can fit.
1: But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, completely. And I mean, I suppose the thing is a worthwhile affiliate has more opportunities, you know, than than they probably have ability to fulfill on them all. So the idea that that they're going to accept your substandard sales process that's kind of unproven is naive really
0: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. and if you're not going to prove an affiliate marketers you're just mentioning it to whoever you're out when you're networking and that then then they're not going to they're, they're not going to grow your business for you they're busy growing their own businesses and so it's um yeah you're much better trying to find a few trusted partnerships than you are a whole army of unengaged affiliates
1: yeah and just kind of and just develop it from there yeah completely yeah completely all right so that was number two so the 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 reasons um for getting into the partnership aren't aligned so talk to us about number three dave
0: okay so number three is one that um affects different sizes of business in different ways and um i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this one from the experience of um being on the other side so not looking at um, generating the leads but we've generated the leads for other people and how they've and how they've dealt with them. And that's that the the behind the scenes setup isn't right. And now that covers a very broad spectrum of stuff from from uh, but it's all about the it's all about the delivery mechanism. And it affects large organizations and small organizations equally the same. And so so just if you're if you're looking at growing this you're running a partner program then just Make sure that you're not falling into to either of these mistakes. So, um, so for small for small businesses, um, it can sometimes it can be just uh, they're overstretched. That um, that the, the idea of having a load of leads into the business is a wonderful thing, but actually, when they start receiving them, they realise they're just not set up to do it. Um, whenever we speak to people. Even if the product or service is absolutely spot on, um, we can't work with them unless there is a unless there's a. It doesn't have to be fully automated, but unless there's a level of automation to the kind of the the sign up and the conversion process, it's just not going to work. If it's oh yeah, I'll see the inquiry come in and I send them a manual email with an invoice and this that it just that that breaks at any kind of volume and it's so open to human error and. And um, I, know, I know technology breaks down and things as well. I'm not. I'm not scoping those issues. Scoping those issues, but but just the volume of just being able to cope with volume can be a really key one. Both coping with the leads as they come in, then how they're actually, how those leads are actually serviced. Are they being spoken to promptly? Are they? Um, is the follow ups all being done correctly? Um, and then after that, it's are they being are they being serviced properly? Is the, is the actual level of service where it said it should be? If they become a customer, because if that's not right, it's not just you as the person delivering that service that's being damaged. It's the person that referred that lead. It causes, it reflects back on them, which means there's trust broken in the partnership, and it's and it's doomed to failure. So, if you are out looking for partnerships to, to get these into your own business, then then make sure that you're um make sure that you can handle them. Like, um, on one hand, don't kind of get your hopes up too much and be a spreadsheet millionaire based on one new partnership that's going to bring you hundreds of thousands of leads and turn your life around, but at the same time, be ready for if it does go well. Um, and that's, and, and, and to that, that's a crucial one. From a larger organisation point of view, and we had this a couple of times when we ran our membership organisation, is we dealt with... We dealt with large, large organisations. We spoke, particularly one in the um, in the health kind of uh, health space, employee benefit kind of health space, and they wanted to get into the small business market. They used to traditionally dealing with corporates and their employees, and they wanted to get into the SME market. We didn't want to do it direct, so they saw us as a perfect partner to work with, and there was a new division created. And we spoke to the head of head of that division, and it was great she was fully behind what needed to happen how they needed to change what was going to be how they were going to work through us the types of marketing the messages that would go out and um this was stressed throughout and even when we, when we started meeting the team and then but then when it actually came to the to, to kick the partnership off and we were dealing with the actual team and um, yeah, it was clear that that kind of that that enthusiasm hadn't filtered down into the corporation itself. It was the same people that were doing the corporate messaging and the corporate sales that were looking to do the small business stuff, and so they weren't set up to do uh, to deal with the types of leads and inquiries that 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 sector would generate. They weren't they weren't ready to produce marketing materials in a different way that were right for our audience. Um, and so and it's just those things they just hadn't they'd made the decision at a top level without thinking through what that actually meant on a ground level in terms of if you're moving and it's not just moving from one size of business it can be a different sector if you're and this is true of any type of marketing obviously if you're talking to a different audience then you need to treat that audience in a different in a different way or the message isn't going to work and and again that partnership fizzled out it went from being something that could have grown and grown and grown to just not because the results weren't there and and it fizzled out because there wasn't the you know, the things that were kind of agreed at outset just didn't didn't happen it was because there hadn't been the fundamental change in the organization ready to take advantage of a of a new opportunity in a sector so there um so yeah it works on both but it has to be even if all the other stuff like the values and the reasons are aligned if the mechanics behind it aren't there then you're then, then you're going to struggle typically
1: yeah right now that's so important isn't it and i and i suppose um i suppose if you've you know if you if you've thought about this and you've tried to make the best efforts then the other uh, the other fail safe i guess would be would be i guess to just sort of move gradually with the partner right i mean you know it's like no we're not going to we're not going to mail the the 3 million people list all in one go tomorrow. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna mail a portion of it. We're gonna do a little bit of stuff. Is that is that a reasonable um, suggestion?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly on the kind of the um, the smaller business size is to yeah is to if it's a new process that you're doing or something like that, yeah, test it, test and measure. Absolutely, always a good thing. Um, baby steps is always a good way. Even and it can be very hard when you find someone who does share your values and you've got really good reasons for getting into it, it is so difficult to not start planning world domination and get super excited about all the wonderful possibilities. I do it, I do it all the time. But it's really important to then go, right, what's the What's the one thing that we're going to do right now then? What, what's that first step we can make to go, we, we obviously like each other, but how can we make that first step to see if we're going to be able to do business together? And, and, um, it takes real discipline real discipline because partnerships are exciting when you get them right mm-hmm. but that would be um but yeah if you can kind of do that start small and just build up from there then i think that's that's a really good way of just um of just managing some of those some of those niggles that can that can come up cuz it's much better to realize something doesn't work with two people than it is 200 so
1: too right. Yeah. So <laughs> I agree completely. So that was number three. So you've got to make sure your your behind the scenes setup is right. And, uh, you know, before you let your, your enthusiasm get the better of you. So talk to us about mistake four, Dave.
0: Okay. So mistake four is so your values are aligned. You know why, why you're both entering into it as well. Um, all the processes and systems are set up. And it still doesn't work. Even though you were really enthusiastic about it at the start, and and everything was going to go super well, and you were become rich and famous together, it still doesn't work, and you can't quite figure out why, and so and so you kind of you kind of lose interest, and then you find a new partner in a new sector who thinks that that one's bound to work. Partnerships are hard work. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, they're fun and wonderful and exciting, but particularly if you're if it's um, if it's a new type of partnership you're working you're working on, um, then it takes hard work. Particularly when things don't work. If you're trying to match up delivery, mechan- there's everything from tech to the to the messaging being right. You can never 100% know how even how something's going to go until it until it gets going. And so they can be hard work. Um, often, if things um, don't go as well as they should, then then the personalities involved can become harder work sometimes. And you never know the pressure that someone else is under and they could have counted on something getting X result and it doesn't get it and so they're now under a bit of stress. And so all sorts of things can happen in a partnership that make it harder work than you thought it was going to be. Um, But that's true of most things in business and life, I suppose, um and so it's just it's just making sure that that um that, that you're aware that, that you're aware that it's not always going to be easy and actually working through those things that go wrong are what enable a partnership to become successful because if it is hard work and then you nail it then 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 you know that you've really got it nailed um and then it is then a bit obviously it, you get that you get more of the fun bits then so
1: and I suppose, yeah, maybe you know, there's also an element of this coming back to some of the earlier things we we talked about, and just ensuring, you know, maybe maybe it comes under the, the values not being aligned or or the reasons not being aligned. I suppose at some point we should be having a conversation with a partner just to make sure that our our expectations are are aligned, you know, and and so like yeah. you know, we you know we're not completely at cross purposes in terms of what we can expect
0: could actually absolutely communication is key in any partnership so even if you've got a um if you're either providing leads to someone or they're providing leads into you even if nothing has happened that month you should still you should still be checking in on your partner network at least once a month um and and personal wherever you can so not a not just a cold, even if I don't no lose, or nothing, nothing in this month, or um, See where you can support, see what you could do, but yeah, communication's key, and uh, both, whether that's quick check-ins, if, if, if it's a kind of a, semi-dormant partner, and to, and to try and reignite, through to formal reviews, and, um, because while they are hard work, you want to make them fun, because partnerships are fun, so I've, um, yeah, I've had days out with partners, before, and stuff like that, and, afternoons on the beer we've done go away stuff we've done all sorts of stuff with partners before and it's, and i mean at the end of the day it's a it's a it's a, it's a business relationship and it's a relationship. so to so make them fun um but they are still hard work yeah so.
1: yeah no that's good that's good so that was mistake number four thinking partnerships are a, a magic ticket and not counting on uh, on there being mm-hmm. hard work so the fifth and final big mistake we're going to talk about dave what is it
0: so it's not playing the long game. Now, this is around this is and this is this is around being a bit more specific. So um, I'm not talking about the long game in terms of a partner strategy as a as a whole because um, although it potentially is, it's not it's not going to solve your business business uh, any problem with your business or grow your business overnight. And um, it could do. You could be lucky and stumble along the perfect one. I'm talking about. Um, if you do start dialogue with, with a dream partner, let's say, and um, there, there are going to be times when you partner with people where they're more important to you than you are to them right now. Even if, even if you believe it to not be true um, and you know you can offer value, if you're not their number one priority right now, um, that can be really frustrating, really frustrating. But if you're in there and you're adding value, and you're in dialogue, then, then it's to, it's it's just a word of warning to not get despondent, to, to to constantly show up, constantly add value wherever you can, and just be ready so that when they're ready and the perfect moment awaits, you you're, you're there to take advantage of that. Um, I'm going to use a personal example here of when we moved to supporting kind of the membership organization stuff we do now, and actually we do it, we do it for a broader range of businesses. We used to partner back in our membership days with one of the um, the leading exhibition companies, uh, business, uh, business exhibition companies in the UK. In fact, they run the largest small business expo in Europe. And we partnered with them. Um, and so we had stands at their shows and, we do workshops and we do all sorts of different stuff. But we weren't getting as much exposure as some of our some of the other people in our field, and that used to frustrate us because we knew we could do more. and, and we were whenever there was a whenever there was something kind of that needed doing at short notice, we'd jump in and we'd help them. It was, but there was an underlying kind of frustration that we weren't doing more. But was, we were happy enough. We got on with all the people there, and we were probably in partnership with them for ten years, um, maybe even longer. Before it really clicked, and what it was was we changed our model. We didn't run a membership organisation anymore. We decided to support support other organisations by providing them with a package of benefits. And we 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 decided this just before the um, before one of their big shows, and spoke to the show director about it. And straight away said, "Oh, well, we like one of those. Can you give that to the twenty five thousand people that are going to be the show show this uh, over these two days?" And we went, yes, of course. <laughs> of course, we went, yes. And there was no sales pitch. We hadn't pitched it to, her. we just told them what we were doing. But the trust that was there and the goodwill that had been built up over that over that 10-year period. Well, don't get me wrong, the partnership was profitable for us, just not where we wanted it to be, was spectacular. And then by the end of the two days, she'd come back and said, you know what? We'll just do it for all our old attendees, the past database as well. And so we that was. Um, that was about that. was just shy of 150,000 business owners that we that we then kind of had within one of these packages overnight at the start of a new business venture, and it just and I mean that's the most extreme example I've got. It, but I've got a number where if your values are aligned and so you know the person is right to be speaking to, it's just the the perfect thing to really capitalize hasn't come up yet. Don't lose faith. Just. Don't don't overexert yourself, but just do what you need to do and keep there, and just be ready for that perfect opportunity. Because because when it's right, it will be easy. It won't it won't be a struggle to get it off the ground. When it's right, it will just happen, and you'll and you won't look back.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. No, we do um, we do have to be patient sometimes, don't we? And uh, (laughs) um, yeah, some you know uh, obviously when we're dealing with other people. Um, they're on a different schedule to us by definition, right? So, you know, we, we we can't always move as quickly as we'd like, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't hang in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and we are well. It's just it's our culture in general is one of immediate kind of everything we want. We want everything immediate. We want it now. And 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 yeah, sometimes it just doesn't it just doesn't work like that, does it? So
1: yeah, very good. So. Let's wrap up then, Dave. So to summarise, then, if if listeners were to just take one particular nugget or piece of advice away, what what is that one thing you would say?
0: Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up in, uh, with uh, with a kind of a merge of two of the things that I brought up, and it's the most the most important thing is that the values are aligned. That that's kind of, uh, but I think that's that's that kind of sits on the setting up a partnership. And then the other key takeaway is once they are aligned is just to have that moment of pause when everything's super exciting and you're going to take over the world, have that pause to be able to go, what's the easy way to get this off the ground? What's the easy thing that we can do right now to start a partnership and that we can communicate regularly. And that's the, that, that, so I think that's the two things, make sure your values are aligned and then start, start gradual and build your way up so that you can you can really nail it
1: okay yeah really good really good all right dave now that was really good thank you so where is the best place if people would like to get more from you
0: okay so uh can you connect with me on linkedin i'm dave plunkett there's not that many dave plunkett's out there in the world and uh or you can jump uh, over to the Luma Lona website that's l-u-m-i-l-o-n-a dot co dot u-k um and there you'll be able to register there there's content there and you'll be able to sign up to a newsletter and all that wonderful stuff
1: dave this has been really good thank you so much for joining us and i will talk to you very soon brilliant thanks a lot rob Hey, it's Rob again. Want to build a successful online business from your expertise? Well, the game has changed. There are bigger opportunities, but also bigger pitfalls than ever before. And I would hate for you to waste years figuring these things out for yourself. Now, as a listener to this show, you're obviously a sensible person, right? So here's my invitation to you apply to jump on a call with me in the next few days and let's talk about you you will get feedback on your ideas you will get a product concept that is fit for right now and you will get a personalized sales and income plan to take away that is free but availability is limited so please go along right now to chatwithrob.com. that is chat with rob Com. Do that now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Once again, that is chatwithrob.com. Talk to you soon.